0: gentlemen welcome back to these go to 11 special christmas edition we have a full house tonight of course my good friend faithful partner mr zach bartles zach what's going on man
1: i'm just over here fingers crossed that a this actually makes it onto the podcast (laughs) and b that this podcast goes better than the one i did last night with ted cluck (laughs)
0: <laughs> we'll have to hear about that story
1: <laughs> dude you know how last year we did a uh, running commentary on diehard for the yeah. christmas party yeah, yeah yeah uh well we did diehard too this year that's all i'm gonna say
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh, and of course uh our semi uh frequent uh co-host and guest mr nathan bartleball nathan how you doing today man
2: I'm doing really well.
0: It's good to have you on again. And then uh, fourth, a uh, less frequent uh, former host who joins us every once in a while when he's not uh, trying to watch the Ravens game, Uh, Mr. Greg Dutcher. Greg, what's going on, man?
3: Yuletide greetings, (laughs) plas. I am excited to talk about the Ravens-Jets game tonight, which will be relevant for about another 90 minutes. (laughs) Sports. Oh, wait. No, wait. Are we talking about Christmas? You're talking about (laughs) that after this podcast. That's all that means, right? Exactly, exactly. So I I am once again in the land of non-sports fans, correct? (laughs) Yes. Because uh, you guys don't really love Jesus. I mean, because it's not your interest. Got it,
1: got it.
0: Right, no, we have
1: um, our minds set on things above, man.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Just so you guys know, a hero is rising in the city of Baltimore named Lamar Action Jackson. <laughs> what in the
1: world? Oh, I've gotten used to that sound, guys. <laughs>
3: what am I getting tabooed here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nobody's gonna know what you're laughing at because on the final cut of the thing, that's always not there. So for like a I'm month, like Greg was cursing for two minutes. There. <laughs> yeah, I was
3: gonna say. I was like, man, I'm, I'm not gonna start cursing until we talk about Little Drummer Boy. <laughs> no. Christmas shoes. Yes. Yes. Christmas <laughs> shoes too. But yeah, just for the audience, Lamar Jackson. Remember the name. Life changing. Actually, since
0: since you uh, since you brought up little drummer boy, have you guys seen the um, for King and Country uh, what they did on the CMA with little drummer boy?
3: Oh, I have not,
0: but you got me intrigued. Zach, Nathan, did you guys see that?
1: I did, and it's as close as I'll ever get to not hating the song. I'll give them that. (laughs) (laughs) I, I have not seen it but I'll check it out. I do love for king and country.
0: <laughs> and it no, I mean, I it was check it, out. it was pretty good what they did with it. They had a lot going on up there. Um so, got to uh got to give them props for that. All right, gentlemen. Awesome. Dude. We are here talking all things Christmas. Um and so Guys, let's start with a little uh, gift-giving ideas, and Zach, I'm going to let you start this one off because I know you still have a boatload of stuff that you want to talk about with Mission Aware, so why don't you go ahead and lead us off with Mission Aware?
1: Did I talk about my cigar case yet? No. Oh, Hmm. man. So I got a cigar case from Mission Aware that has silk screened. It's a leather cigar case with a metal top. Nice. Uh, I it's it's a nice tight fit, but not you know like a complete seal. So you have little little bit of breathability, and it's uh, got silk screen on the front, a picture of Spurgeon uh, by Peter Voth. The whole design's Peter Voth, the man, and it's nice. got that quote about how he's uh, intending to smoke a good cigar to the glory of God when he gets home tonight. Nice. Uh, it is super freaking cool. And on the back, uh, there's a little a little kind of pocket with a very nice. Two bladed cigar cutter kind of nestled right in. It all came together. Uh, if I did not already have it from Missionalware, I would be demanding it as a gift from someone. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Sweet. Dude,
3: you actually got me intrigued. There you go. Oh, it's great. Post, post a picture
1: of that sometime, dude. I'll do it tonight. Nice. I'll flip in there after I see that this is po- has, uh, has posted, and I'll switch the graphic from the to 11 logo to me holding that up.
3: <laughs> That's awesome, dude. I'm all in now that Jack has said that. I'm ready.
0: Nice, nice. Greg, it's been a while, but have you been on uh, Mission Aware's website recently?
3: Uh, I have not, man. I, I feel like uh, should I have uh, not lied there, but exercised the faith of Rahab? And said something else. Oh. But I, uh, yeah, a little subtlety there. No, I have not, dude, in some time
1: because I've been oh doing
3: less important okay.
1: I, I heard him say lie there, and then I heard him say something about Rahab, and I'm like, this is not that kind of podcast, man.
2: I was also trying to parse what was happening.
1: Yes. Yes, I should
3: have said uh, prevaricate or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> or I don't know. That might sound worse. Then, um, yeah, I- because although you're the uh, "a part, that's not good either. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have not in a while, dude. Tell me, get me excited like I am a potential customer. What great stuff is coming out off the front?
0: <laughs> well, Zach actually recently got a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, Zach, out of all the things that Mission Aware sent you, what would you say is uh, the most uh, prized thing that you have right now?
1: I think those busts. I, I described them at length, um, and I had been I had been jonesing for them and jonesing for them Then i had been working for them on a different podcast. Um, you know, again, Rahab wise. I put in my time.
0: <laughs> I
1: uh, I did my promoting, and now uh, I've got them on my shelf in my study at the church, and they are very handsome, and they make me seem. Uh, I mean, you can't get mahogany really anymore. Uh, if you're a regular guy, uh, there's not enough left in the forest. If there's any, so now we do things like getting big solid metal uh, busts, solid-looking anyway, uh, of uh, of long dead white men uh, to put yes. up and show that we are powerful and very, yes. very uh, sophisticated. And, and yeah, that is you rigged what them up
2: published. yet, so they open a door when you press on their head. Oh man! That
1: well, I I I can't have to bring it home and and maybe think about that in closing part of a room or something because my my office is rather small and all it butts is a courtyard, a bathroom, and my secretary's <laughs> office. So I don't want to really yeah. secretly Here's go into list. any of those places. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: nice, nice. So, Zach, what else would you have on your list from Mission Aware there? If uh, if you were putting together a wish list of things, uh, what would you get from Mission Aware or even any other fine distributor? You know, that small-time company, Amazon, do you have any things you'd like to mm. see them put out that you that you would like to get?
3: Please, well, hey Zach, because they're
1: hurting, man. You you need to help them along yeah, with Christmas a little bit. Well,
0: and
1: I don't know. They, they have brick-and-mortar stores now, um, but... Let, let me say this about Mission Aware. I, As a grown man, it's always weird to, quote-unquote, make a Christmas list, like you're about to send it off to Santa. <laughs> and yet I have family members, extended family members, who will hound me if I don't. And we do a you know, major gift exchange with like every single faction of the family. So I, I make them. And this year I put something that I don't yet have from Mission Aware on a Christmas list. And that was the Ooh. Martin Luther bobblehead, so that I could sit up uh, next to the K- John Calvin bobblehead that I have on my credenza. Uh, I think that's on my my short list. Um, and, you know, I've, I'm really looking forward to possibly getting a couple more of the Calvinist tees. And people need to be looking at these uh, these Go To 11 products yeah. because yes. they are all high quality. Again, I think uh, it was Peter Voth who did that logo, right? Yep. Uh, yeah and and you know maybe look at some gut check uh, product singular um yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh i don't know there's there's so much on there i i i don't want to just start listing things what do you guys think i, I ball. what do you i mean bartleba what do you got oh i
2: don't get a cut of this um oh you <laughs> mean uh, i don't i don't either man it all goes to like
1: the next soundboard and like uh, i i think the goal is we can we can uh, oh why am I not charged? Oh, I'm not plugged in. I might be the one. <laughs> oh no, it's happening again. I think basically the goal with any missional wear stuff here is that uh, we can fund the podcast to the point where Greg Dutcher doesn't have to come in like he's our dad and bail us out again. Like <laughs> ago. Yeah. What's yeah,
2: that, the question? Is does missional wear have any? I don't know. Uh, Martin Luther, or John Calvin, you know, uh, computer charge plugs you know battery <laughs> packs or something that we can oh yeah uh, long lasting yes uh, the these to go to 11 save this podcast
3: computer plug i like it dude i'd buy it man yeah i'm looking at the site right now dudes nice yeah i'm loving the ugly sweaters the ugly christmas sweater the spurge uh the bah humbug with calvin Reinforcing the stereotype of a mean hateful Calvin. I love it. at um, least well, the Calvin who hates Christmas.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his is historically is, accurate. <laughs> I
3: was gonna John, say it's not exactly unfair. No, no. John Ebenezer Calvin, I think is uh the, the full name. And yeah, it's nice, man. Dudes, I'm not just saying it. Here's the real-time Dutch dog reaction. kapow I am loving the Mission Aware site, and I am getting no cut since I'm not really a regular part of the podcast anymore. But if Mission Aware hears this and wants to give me a cut for me to feature swag, I'll take free stuff. Um, Drinkware,
1: very nice. All right, we're not going to top that. Let's get on with it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm going to be lost in it for a while. Uh, So what about outside of Mission Aware, guys? Is there anything that you're kind of – you got your eye on that – you know, you're, you've been looking at, you're like, yeah, that, that would be, that would be a nice gift to, uh, to get this Christmas season. Uh, Greg, let's start with you.
3: So Nathan, you're asking, cause you want to get me something. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> let look at the new, the new iMac here. Um, dude, you, know, you can get the like super one that they use at NASA. That's only like $7,500. Nathan, as they say in the Baptist church, I'll receive that brother. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will receive that from you. Um, No, dudes, I'm the worst at this. I'm going to sound like uh, I'm trying to be holier than that. I'm not. I really, at my aged state, just a a stone's throw from the big five-o. Honestly, I tell Lisa every single year now, and she resisted, of course, please, Lisa, find something from my bookshelf at home or church that the kids don't even see and pay attention to wrap it up and give it to me on Christmas just so there's a semblance of me opening something because yeah. I really, I really do just enjoy the kids getting stuff. And You know me, I like the food. I like the music. I like the sappy sentimentalism and all that stuff. Um, although Lisa says I'm hypocritical because several years ago when things were very tight, she got me a uh, economic, uh, it, it was sort of an economical version of Christmas that year for me. And uh, I received a five dollar Walmart thermos and a book from the discounted discontinued book table at Books a Million called Grant Moves South, uh, which was like (laughs) literally the sixth book in a 13 book edition, uh, you know, of the uh, Civil War. A
1: common so, uh, of errors, was it? it, it yes, you are getting old my, when you start getting the Civil War books, yeah. man. Exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah, and Dude, back then I was like 38 or something, and she's giving me the Grandpa's of War book where the, the paper is kind of coffee-stained and all that stuff.
2: I think so, we can so, interpret um, all this to say Greg wants a uh, Steak of the Month subscription
3: <laughs> gift card. Yes. <laughs> yes, dude. Not the Griswold Jelly of the Month. Thank you. Oh, no. The stake of the month. I will tell you something I could say uh, in proxy for my my boys uh, asked me, and uh, we kind of gave that. Yeah, yeah. we will think about that. No, and that would be the um, the uh, the MCU. Have you seen that? Uh, either that's probably a Bartleball or a Bell question. I would imagine the complete MCU set. All those what twenty four movies. <laughs> goodness <laughs> that's on dvd what is the price tag on that thing or blu-ray have you guys checked
0: no i haven't even seen roof. it
3: yeah yeah and i thought i mean does anybody want that when you're streaming everything now i don't know but i would say it would be a cool gift um nice. but that that's that's it that's it for me
0: nice Bartlebaugh, what are you uh, what are you thinking over there
2: well all the extravagant goofy stuff i've probably already purchased so it's, it's the same kind of thing to greg i basically just wait to see what my children have cobbled i don't really receive gifts anymore you know we 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 do a like white elephant thing at christmas and then we get the kids stuff so a better question might be for for any of you guys do you have any good suggestions uh, off the beaten track suggestions for kids presents i have a a five and a seven year old
1: mm. who are quirky
0: mm. What do you think there, Zach? Any uh, any good suggestions there? Uh,
1: my, my kid has moved probably beyond that fun age to buy for. Um, he's, uh, he's 11, nearing 12, and he wants Nintendo Switch games, and he wants... Uh, That's what my 8-year-old you know,
2: like, or 7-year-old wants, yeah, Nintendo Switch.
1: Basically, it's all uh, boring. It's all boring stuff to buy. Um, I did get him... He wasn't listening to this, so I can tell you, I got him like a big art set with all the colored pencils and pastels and paints and everything. Um, that's always fun stuff that makes them like think and do and and get off their cans and or at least, What's that? Keisters. Keisters. <laughs> Keisters. <laughs> I love it.
2: Nice. Well, it, it, well, to that point, my my daughter is especially like they're both creative. She's really into. She's like. And, and uh, your son, I guess, being the child of two authors, does he – did he have or does he have any kind of creative impulses towards like writing or anything like that?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. My kid's definitely his storyteller. Um, he he <laughs> probably – I probably should have thought about getting him something that has to do with filmmaking. He recently told me he wants to be a movie director when he grows up. Nice. Yeah, that would be nice. cool. And, and that's what I'm wondering. I don't know if you've gotten
2: him anything in that room. I'm trying to think of a creative gift. Like my – my daughter can't even completely write yet she's learning to write but she has that creative bug and i was trying to think if there's something out there that would be a fun thing uh outside of calling it together myself you know a kind of creative venture whether it's a step by step make your own book or something of that that nature that's kind of what i was looking for is an off the – you know we like you said we've got all the boring stuff you know the stuff they really want but now i want to shove something through that's a little more you know esoteric or interesting or uh creative for them
0: you could probably check online, Nathan. I think they do have, like, um, you know, some of those uh, software programs that you can kind of create your own comics where you can drag and paste pictures in and then, you know, uh, pull words together and things like that. Um, they might have something like that for children's books or, uh, you know, something else as well. So you might be able to find something like that by doing a simple Google search of it.
1: Yeah, let us
2: Google it all for you, man. Right. That made me- Sorry, guys, I was trying to set up an interesting podcast. But- <laughs> <laughs> Ask for some insights.
3: Thanks. Um-
1: playing along, dudes.
3: Is it bad that I've heard nothing in the last five minutes? Because one, a dude, uh, a dude walked into I'm, I'm in the office of church. It was our mutual friend Scott Perry. Um, so I put you guys on mute a second because he's here practicing our uh, one of your favorite songs, Nathan. The um, uh, casting Crowns. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. They're doing oh that nice. So I, I remember you dig that, and, yep. uh, and so that was happening. And I was looking up the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase One through Three complete Blu-ray collection on Amazon, which if you guys want to take up a collection, is the low low $384. price eighty four dollars cheaper, dude? Two hundred and thirty two dollars and eighty six cents. Snap. Which is not quite as expensive as I thought. So. Uh, yeah, as again, guys, they say in uh, the Baptist Church, obviously. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, you guys were talking about what?
1: <laughs> I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. <laughs> this we, is not going better than my thing with Ted last night. <laughs> well, let's let's oh, move man. to something else quick.
3: We've got to get on to something here. We'll do it. I feel it coming.
0: Oh, man. All right. So, you know, this time of the year brings, uh, Greg, as you said, movies, music. Uh what what music Rampless. have you been digging into that's been kind of uh kind of cool? Any any new songs or any new takes on songs? I mentioned The Little Drummer Boy by for King and Country. Um anything that you oh, guys have been Oh for crying out to?
1: loud, you never asked me about if I had anything. I oh did. yeah, you did. Yeah. (laughs) No, but you did. But listen, I thought of something else I wanted to say. Okay. Before you go on. So basically, the reason it's not going well is because of me. Um,
0: (laughs) I I would concur.
1: I put put on both of my Christmas lists to the different sides of the family a donor C gift card. Oh. That is something even somebody as curmudgeonly as uh, Greg Dutcher could get. Yes. Joy. I often go on Donor C and I'm like, oh yeah, I've got, you know, I could do 30, 40 bucks to one of these things. Um, but I think it would be really cool if I had a couple of gift cards and I am like, all right, I have to choose some stuff now. And I could go through and find some, you know, sad little face and then see a video later of that little face being happier. Um, that would be cool. And it's very easy to buy. I've gotten them before. I've gotten them from people. I've gotten them for people. Uh, so yeah, we had Greg buyer on and, uh, that whole thing won me over completely. So let's, a uh, little plug there for uh, Donor C. Sorry, tell the thing about the music to Greg. I'll shut up. <laughs>
0: actually, <laughs> no, Donor C that, is actually
1: a great idea.
0: Yeah, since you said that, because we, we also had uh, my buddy on, Mike Callahan from Building Hope Ministries. And so, you know, that's another uh, really great organization where, you know, you know that. The money that you're giving is going toward people and they, you know, they focus on four specific things that they do for the people in India. And so, you know, having, uh, Gret on and doing, um, donor C or, you know, going on to building home ministry with Mike, those are definitely great ways that, um, you know, uh, you can help people and gift giving ideas and things like that. Um, I don't know if Samaritan's Purse still does it or not, but they uh, at one point they had this thing where you could do these um, loans and these ideas of, you know, giving money to people so that they could go out and buy like a goat so that they can, you know, have milk every day for their kids. And um, so different ministry opportunities like that, I think, are great ways to get the family involved as well into, Mm -hmm. you know, the bigger scope of what's going on uh, around the world.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree, dude. Uh, it's funny. Uh, in our staff meeting recently at church, we, we were talking about this. We haven't quite pulled the trigger yet. But, you know, we've got like a lot of churches, uh, you know, where, you know, although it's been newer for us, as you know, Nathan, yep. we've had the new here section in the back. Yep. Uh, and you and Joy, I know, have been there before, which is great. And We just get regulars to kind of staff it. Hey, if you're new here, stop in. And we've, you know, we've got a little gift bag there that has, you know, a little literature in it. Um, a mug, uh, I think what a Starbucks card, yep. but we 've actually uh we 're just reading i can 't remember which church was doing this, and they got to be careful with this, but a gift you can give people that 's a little more other centered is uh you know to you know i mean I think our what we give like a ten dollar Starbucks card or something mm-hmm. so that 's something they receive they can drive through, get two nice drinks, and move on but um we 've um, been talking about the opportunity for people to um you know make a donation Mm -hmm. uh now uh, the wisdom on that is you don't want to leave that open-ended you know hey i really like planned parenthood uh and (laughs) you know you're you're you know basically taking church money to support things we wouldn't otherwise support but uh, you know if you kind of pre-select six things you know that the church vets and screens uh it, it's a true gift. It, it shows something about a commitment. So we're having those conversations now. But yeah, I'm on donor see right now. And um, I see, according to their own stuff here, that 90% of uh, folks who try to partner with them are rejected because their accountability process is so mm-hmm. rigorous. Yeah. I've heard that from several people. So it's interesting that Barlow brings that up. Um, but dude, you want me to go back into the lesser thing you asked about music? Because I can't. <laughs> I can roll with it. Dude. I'm I, I'm going to roll with it and say, guys, I got my Glee game on. And because I was watching like Good Morning America or the Today Show, and I saw Leah Michelle, who I think is a Jewish gal, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, like a lot of artists, she released a Christmas album. And, dude, I like it. I went to my Apple Music, listened to it. I, you know, I think she's got an incredible voice. She can slay on the big songs like Oh Holy Night. But even her softer more secular stuff is uh it's great cocktail background music you know if you're into that it's not the most original album but it's uh you can count on it being well done i've digged it nice nice she was the of course star of the show glee um so uh which all manly men watch Uh, worldly men (laughs) right worldly, manly, godly wait, that breaks down at some point. It's a flow of logic that got interrupted there somehow. But um, anyway, I've listened to that. I have digged it. Uh, Taylor Swift has a new Christmas song out, Christmas Tree Farm, which I unashamedly love. <laughs> Come on, man. Who's up next? Come on, dudes. Who's going to take all those two classics?
0: Uh... Glee or Tay Tay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so let me ask you, Nathan. Have you. Uh... <laughs> don't, don't, don't ask That's me. I'm just. Nathan, could you please
3: drop the cricket soundtrack for Bartleballs and uh, Bartleballs? Right, yeah. Uh, drop cricket soundtrack into you know that. That was a golden moment, man. I loved it. I want to relive it. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> what is, is enough? Uh,
0: <laughs> actually, a song uh, that I've been digging uh, that's been really cool the past two years is this uh, rendition of God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Uh, Meredith Andrew does it. And it's actually really neat uh, because she adds a chorus to it. And Greg, you know me, I'm I'm not typically a fan of redoing songs, adding choruses to hymns yeah. and things like that. But I really enjoyed this one because uh, she captures uh, within God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, captures the meaning of Christ coming to earth. And so that's Ooh. one that I actually uh, recommend uh, for people to, to get on and listen to. You can find it on YouTube or anywhere else, but um, that's one that sure. I've really... Like that's been a new uh, twist or transition um, on that song uh, Zach since uh, i don 't know if you're going to have anything on this, do you typically through the Christmas season play all the uh, traditionals in church, or do you kind of wait till Christmas Eve to do that? How do you handle music in church? Let me ask you that oh, question yeah,
1: we, we do it all through uh, we do it all through advent we'll We'll try and bang out all the major ones. I, I've got Wednesday night service uh, where we've been uh, kind of launching or trying to uh, introduce and premiere some new to us songs from uh, the, the Gettys, some mm-hmm. Christmas songs. Yep. Um, and then we'll sing, you know, everything like angels from the realms of glory and angels. We have heard on high and heart. The herald angels sing and all those angels songs uh, just throughout uh, on Sunday mornings. And then we always, always, always sing silent night, well, we light the candles on our Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve uh, candlelight service. You
3: have to, dude. You will have a mutiny on your hands if you don't.
1: I wouldn't want to not do it. I am a man of uh, what you might call uh, tradition and uh, comfort uh, found in it. Basically, you know that old familiarity breeds con- contempt? Yes. Change that to familiarity breeds content, and you've got me.
3: Ooh.
1: Uh, i go to the same restaurant over and over again i want to have the same christmas eve service over and over again when people are like here's something about leading through change uh i'm like not so much no yeah (laughs) (laughs) right right no i get you you like the
3: the old comfortable slipper christmas eve i'm with you dude i'm with you i one year you might remember this nathan we did um it was may it might have been ten years ago, but uh I can't remember who, which worship team leader said, Hey, could we end with a different song? And look, I've always said this, I think on every Christmas music podcast, of all the songs that capture gospel stuff, I think Silent Night's like the worst. Um it, and I don't think it's a terrible song I, by any means. More crickets. Yeah. Much <laughs> <laughs> mad larger the, song, uh, the, the song's a little empty. There's not much content to it. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a feel song. There's a mood to it. It's But it's a favorite. And one year we ended with something else like Come Thou Long Expected Jesus or something. Different. And,
1: man, people were, people were
3: living, living, living. So, so great.
1: Let me ask I think you. i hearing this, man, and I I call foul.
0: Oh,
1: lay it on me, dude. I'm I, I had a fight. guy tell me once. It, all it says is that he's that he's quiet, and it was quiet, and that's not even necessarily biblical. And I'm going, dude, you've got that's the first verse. Granted, there's not much there. There's the fact that he's born to a virgin, which is important, and that is content, and that's kind of the main point. So we've already hit yep. that. But then you've got the shepherds quaking in fear and. uh Glory streaming from heaven above. You've got, uh, the dawn of redeeming grace. The notion of here comes the fulfillment of all the progressive revelation, all the, uh, you know, the Genesis 3.15 has now, uh, been, been, uh, here's the antitype to it. You've got, uh, uh, radiant beams from the face of God himself. I, to me, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get into, uh, you know, social elements like slaves shall he or chains shall he break because the slaves are our brother freeing you know the those who are oppressed or whatever, uh, and it doesn't get into the the miracle of um, the the incarnation so much or the kind of theological hair splitting of uh, homoousios and stuff. But as far as I'm concerned, if it's emphasizing that this baby. Is God, and there's something frightening and something comforting at the same time. What more could you expect from it? And I happen to know that you like Mariah Carey's uh, Christmas song. I mean, who the heck do you think you are? You should have led with that with that part of it, Zach. (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, Zach.
3: I'm gonna push back on you here and say that that silent night is just second fiddle to a song with a little more biblical content, and that would be Paul McCartney simply having a wonderful Christmas. I would say there's that, there's that. Dumbest song ever been written other than perhaps Gloria Stefan, I want to see Christmas through their eyes, which literally makes me want to punch somebody in the face. Gloria Stefan, probably, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dumbest song ever. Dude, no, I'm, I'm looking at the lyrics here, and I will say this. When, when you lay it out like that... When you look... look. Lyrics, <laughs> yes. Now, 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 the duck's dog can admit when uh, when somebody else is wrong. I can uh, always <laughs> always find a moral word. fortitude of courage to admit that my opponent is wrong because I'm that Christ-like kind of guy. No, in all seriousness, I see it. I would say it's it's yeah, it's it's relative. The third verse, I mean, it's fine. I'm not a big fan of radiant. There's, beams there's not enough number Christmas gloom
2: in that song for my tastes. Yeah, I It'd know what you mean. Though. Archaic melancholy.
3: Yeah, I mean verse 3 to me just reads like a a narrative description of a stained glass window in any Catholic or mainline Protestant church. You know, um That's you got link <laughs> <Are you? laughs> radiant <laughs> beam. I'm saying when you compare this song to other options like a Hark the Herald where the gospel is just boom all over there or um oh, you it'll know come even O come Emmanuel. all you faithful it's uh, But but uh, I will say, Mr. Bartles, I am 100% with you. I have learned the hard way. If I do not conclude a service with candle lighting and silent night, the, the folks who come, and I would say churched, unchurched, or otherwise, if there is another category, are less than pleased. And then you haven't probably served people well.
0: So, Greg, so, let me uh, ask you this question. Uh, yeah. Not playing Silent Night at the end of the Christmas Eve service, or playing Little Drummer Boy ah, ah, during yeah. <laughs> during the Christmas during
3: uh, one yeah. of the Sunday services. Which
0: one was the worst, <laughs> dude? And that you know what you want to
3: Epic <laughs> fail <laughs> every year that comes up, and I've got to quote Jill Dempsey. You've never been on a podcast, but used to be on staff of the church, still in our church. Who when? I had missed the point uh, because I'm caught up in the fact like, oh my word, this song is so vapid, it's so dumb, and I'm looking at the slide uh, that everybody's looking at in church where the only lyrics aren't even words, pa rum pa rum-pa-pum-pum. Pum, <laughs> rum, pum, 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 pum. So I'm sitting how in the world did I let this slip through? And then the next day I'm talking about this with Jill, who was our secretary at the time, and. I said yeah, Joe, did it just feel childish and dumb. She goes, yeah, I mean there's that and you know, I guess the fact that it, you know, it just it um it it never happened. <laughs> Which guys, I never even thought of.
1: <laughs> the only way to, to do that song and do it well and have it be powerful is to do the Dwight Schrute mix where it's like, "Oh yes, pump pump pump." I agree.
3: Dude, if you bring in Joy Shroot, you bring in the anointing, and, and now it's set <laughs> at that point. I, I agree. The, it, it missed the Shroot anointing, which, by the way, would be a great name for this podcast. That would that, that would that would be the honey podcast. Yes, it, 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 the whole podcast. It should be the Shroot anointing. The Shroot cast. I want mission aware to come up with a design for the Shroot anointing, and I will be the first person to wear it. As they go out of business,
2: (laughs) (laughs) fooler imputant. Fisher admirable. I want to see the bells nickel or something like that. (laughs) Fisher Yeah, that's great stuff.
0: Oh my goodness. Oh, so Nathan, uh, now that we've uh, kind of you know moved beyond uh, Greg's taste in music, um, what uh, do you guys? Are you playing the Christmas music in your house? What songs do you enjoy this time of the year? Let us hear from you.
2: So I can do. I, I like the gloomy Christmas songs. No, I, I love Silent Night. Uh, an Ooh. album that we run uh, quite a bit is. Uh, any of you guys know Lorena McKennett? She's a Canadian singer-songwriter. Has a more of a Celtic feel to her music.
3: No, mm, I don't. I generally yes. don't pay much attention to Canadians. Um, Isn't that like the? <laughs> 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 Generally, did you say Canadian at, at the moment I'm you sorry. said that? I thought, oh, I don't need to pay attention to that. Go
2: on. Is that, is that I is said that American. She's a American. Oh, American. <laughs> okay, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, Zach, yeah, you're yeah, you about say... to say
1: something possibly uh, not completely say, sarcastic. It's going to be even worse than that, actually. I was going to say, there was a time when I used to listen to uh, – sh- I'm embarrassed, but I used to listen to Sean Hannity on the radio. Yeah. Oh, and I'm, man. I'm, I'm pretty sure that the theme song uh, before the boot in your uh, rear end one took over was Lorraine no, McKenna. Let Freedom Ring. Is is that one of her songs? No. No, it's not. No. Uh, Who is that? Never I'm mind. That's irrelevant sure. then. That's Martina McBride. That's Martina, Martina McBride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I yeah. oh,
2: got <laughs> So you guys do have to look up Loreen, making it just to understand. That she's not, uh, Wait a her, minute, her is does she do the and boogie? Like, <laughs> oh man, okay, moving on. She did the mummers dance. It's a it's a it's a distant cousin of boot scoot boogie. Uh, um, it's it, it it's done with traditional Celtic kind of music. It has it's not it's uh, Enya for people who don't want to be caught listening to Enya, uh, but <laughs> yeah. But she has a great Christmas uh, <laughs> album that has a lot of the older hymns and, like, the Coventry Carol, and she, she does uh, versions of, like, the Holly and the Ivy and a really good version of O Come, o Emanuel Come that I think is actually sung in, like, Gaelic.
0: So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> As
1: you're describing this, Nathan, I have that album. And yes, you're right. It's very good. Oh,
2: you actually? It? It's a, yeah, we actually have like the 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 actual like vinyl, and it's got these animals sort of cavorting on the on the cover. It's a very. It's I think it's a Midwinter Night's
1: Dream is the album. This is one that my wife bought, and I hear a lot. I guess I didn't. I, now that you say the name, and I say that, yeah, yeah, that's that is good stuff. <laughs> I was actually getting really shocked and horrified that Sean Hannity was opening a program with. Yeah. <laughs> I was like,
2: what possible song could he use? 90% of them are just instruments.
1: <laughs> and, I mean, she's Canadian, so that's a mark against her. If, right, yeah. That's half, her true. End, Sean,
2: half of her song about true. monks dying alone on an island somewhere I
3: was <laughs> I always okay. think it's cute that, that Canada thinks of itself as an actual country. I'm sorry. Did I say that out All loud? Right, let's keep going. Keep going. Let's talk about movies. Let's yeah. please talk about movies. <laughs> yes. I want to ask because I feel like I just feel a prompting. I want to ask Mr. Bartles oh. about the church Christmas movie this year. I don't know what's I with know all the Greg formality
1: you. with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> my father's Mr. Bartles, all right? You call me Mr. Yes. Bartles. We're fine. We the Reverend Dr. Bartles, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know what prompted you to ask, but I'm glad you did because it's it's been on my mind and in my craw a little bit. Uh, there, There's a wonderful woman who is in leadership at my church, and uh, she decided to plan our Christmas dinner, which we hadn't had in a few years, like a formal sit-down dinner, which we always used to do, and then it kind of went away. Uh, And so she took it all upon herself to do all the work and all the stuff. God bless her. It's going to be amazing. It's tomorrow night. Uh, And she announced what they're going to do, and she said, and after the dinner, we're all going to go upstairs, and we're going to watch a movie. It is called... Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Oh, no. And, oh, no. and I said, "We're what now?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I
1: took it aside and I said, um, listen, and she would not mind me sharing this because it was kind of a funny exchange. But I said, did you really like that movie? She says, I haven't seen it. Oh, yeah. I said, well, why are we watching this? She's like, oh, I, I just – I heard of it and something told me it, was, it would be funny and I heard someone say it was funny. I said, well, why don't you so get it from the library? And decide if you think that we should watch it. And I said, I have a couple others we could watch and license and do it the right way. And uh, a couple weeks later, she, said, she announced again, we're going to be watching Saving Christmas. I said, have you seen it? She said, yeah, I thought it was very funny. Okay. Uh, and you young people are going to like it. The kids will like it because there oh. is a, a hip-hop dance scene. Oh, no! <laughs> and I swear, okay. I heard someone in the pew behind me mumble, okay, boomer. <laughs> And the,
2: <laughs> okay, Boomer. I was but like, you know that goodness. line. That line was how Kirk Cameron probably pitched it to uh, you know when they were make- making it. It's kind of <laughs> oh, no, no
3: doubt, dude. No, no doubt. Wow. But now have
1: that, you that we're in that movie Zach, I have not, and I, I am have excited either. I am going to go watch it. I'm going to laugh as hard as I can at everything, and I'm going to enjoy <laughs> it. And I'm not going to be some you know grumpy stick in the mud like oh, it's a bad. It's probably a bad movie. But so what? I love Kirk Cameron. End of the day, you guys. I have a bit of a uh, a, a man crush on him. Hey, man. Knock yourself out, dude.
3: Uh, <laughs> I, would, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, not sure what to say about that. But that no, I would say, dude, I would say I bet the movie is fun. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I'll leave I'm that sure to the I'm sure you'll
2: enjoy it eyes. like the mist.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, no. Right. In the same it I'll bring the little bottle in, pour it in my... In Make my, um, sure they show the black and white version. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys, here's the other thing. My wife got invited. She, she spoke as an author at this like country club women's gathering, and they invited her to their Christmas party. So she's going to be vamoosing right after the dinner. And then my son is like, oh, the, he goes to a Christian school. He's like, the, the church youth group there is having a Christmas party. Can I go to that? So I'm going to be all alone. At
3: <laughs> oh, my
1: goodness. we will be dude. there with
3: you. You'll
2: be fine. Wow.
1: Wow. I just yeah, hope yeah, I exactly. can control myself. I don't start hip-hop dancing. So. <laughs>
3: right. <laughs> oh, wow, dude.
1: Wow. Um, I will let you, you hear, know how it
3: goes. And if you hear anybody, dude, over 50, I'm not sure if this lady is, but if she ever at any point uses the phrase, I'm pretty sure the young people, With the definite article, though, that's kind of about all you need to know. Um, Yeah. I'll just say it at that. The young people uh, will like Kirk Cameron because he was on a show called Growing
1: Pains. Um, (laughs) That's like Uh, when somebody said uh, to me that they were like, oh, he could come and speak. He's hip. When I was about 22 and I was a youth minister and I was like, yes, he's (laughs) hip. And that is the problem. (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness man do you
2: have a favorite christmas movie zach that you have seen
1: uh yeah well we did a youth group thing and watched home alone 2 with them uh which was fun um but i'd say my favorite christmas movie my favorite one to watch is the nativity which is from probably 10 years ago 2006 Uh, 2006 2006 Okay. Yep. Yeah. It was just awesome. And that's, that's my favorite one. I love the Absolutely. guys who play the wise men. I love, I love everything about it.
2: Let me ask you, I've seen that movie. I saw it actually at the theater, but it's been a while. And I, I'm actually glad you brought it up because I was looking, it's been a while since I've watched it. And I was talking to my kids the other day and every year we go to a live nativity. We weren't able to do it this year because it it's been really busy. And They were – my daughter really latches onto things when they're very visceral and sort of in front of her. Again, that creative thing. She's really trying to like envision a lot of this in her head. And I was trying to remember is that movie – I remember thinking it was good and liking it, but I was trying to remember content-wise. Is it – it's not particularly rough, right? Do you think it's reasonable in the five to to eight-year-old
1: range? The Mm. only thing in it that might be – that might give any pause would be um, the woman like – (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At the very beginning and the very end, they do kind of show guys like running in – you don't see anybody die, but running into houses and the women wailing and screaming and crying because of the Slaughter of the Innocents. And then they show the woman who plays Mary like grunting against the pain of childbirth, and then they kind of tastefully cut away, and you hear the baby cry like any movie would. Um, I don't know. I, my my kid probably saw it for the first time at six or seven, and I don't think it was – I don't think it scarred him or anything. Gremlins, it'll be good. <laughs> I just couldn't.
2: <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I remember liking it, thinking it was pretty straightforward and close scripturally, and I just wanted to. That was someone who's clearly probably watched it more recently than I have. So that's a good. That'll be on the the um, roster this year for them because. Uh, I was just thinking about a movie, and that was the one that came to mind, and I remember it being good when I saw it and having good performances, but I couldn't remember anything else. Uh, Karen Hines was good in that too. Uh, I think he was playing Herod.
1: Yeah, yeah, and very chilling portrayal of Herod. Often Herod, I think, is given the goofy mustache-twirling kind of vibe, and instead it was this is a guy who has murdered children and wives, and Antipas is a teenager – older teen in it and he feels the fear and you you're afraid of him and it's yeah it's good it's really really uh kind of sums up the the beauty of the story and the everything about christmas that often gets uh sentimentalized uh done in a sentimental way but not necessarily uh softening the actual the actual text you know it, it it's it's everything you want kind of silent night meets Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Good fusion, dude. Yeah, I am with. I watched it recently. Uh, I hadn't watched it probably since 06, 07 um, with my son. We're, uh, I don't even know if you know this, uh, uh, Mr. Bell, but we are um, my third child. We're homeschooling him this year. It's a kind of a, a new adventure for us. Um, and he's 13, and... Um, you know, so for part of his Bible curriculum, I wanted him to do something, write a response paper to Christmas. And uh, so I watched the the nativity with him and it's funny, you know, this kid can handle a lot, you know, all the action movies we watch and, um, you know, that sort of thing. And the, the movie bothered him, but it, you know what I mean? In a good way. Uh, because he said he's heard the story many times, but never really thought about Herod's evil and how it was an historical fact. Mm-hmm. um, so it led to some really good conversations Um uh, just about, you know, that, yeah, Christmas is, it's not sentimental. It's, it, you know, I mean, right out of the gate, we see Satan's evil, we see uh, mankind's depravity, and that's why Jesus came and had to come. So it was, I, I like to think, as he's processed that in the last couple of weeks, uh based on our conversations, it's been a, a good thing for him. I'd highly recommend that movie.
2: And, HD. It's HD on Amazon for six ninety nine. I just
3: bought it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there you yeah. go. Yeah, and, and I do up, think your kids, up. your kids, could handle it because some of the uh, uh, if they're how old are they again, Nathan? Your
2: kids? Yeah, they, yeah, they are um, five and seven. But again, they're a little bit old. You know, being kids of the movie critic, they've seen a lot of movies and things sure. like that. So, but yeah, I, yeah. don't because. I cringe at a lot. Usually, student themed movies, we haven't watched a lot of those. I remember this one being good, and I was just like, "Okay, let me." Uh, because it, you know, the the nativity cool. The there's one nearby. I won't mention like whatever. They do a nice job, but it's there's limitations there. I, I remember sure. uh, last year, I think they had the angel of the Lord. He climbed. I, I give this guy credit. He climbed on top of the church, and when he put his wings out, have you have you ever guys ever seen the movie Brazil? Terry Gilliam's Brazil. No. no. The, uh, I could probably liken this to an '80s music video, and maybe uh, his wings are made out of this. Uh, it they look like like uh, like the packaging, like that uh, packaging that when you you uh, you you're packing something up, it was like tape, and he had wings and they spread all the way out, and he was standing on top of the roof, and then he slipped, oh, and he didn't uh, fall- Oh, wow. <laughs> In front of my children, this is going to be very hard to explain.
3: <laughs> <laughs> How could the angel of the Lord got an ouchie? Uh, yeah, that's uh, you. Know, when the angel of the Lord's yeah. being carried away in an ambulance, that can be awkward. Um, you know, yeah. Now, seriously, dude, was was the dude okay? Uh, he, yeah, he didn't actually go down. Thankfully. Oh, he did. Oh, oh was, okay, okay.
2: Yeah, years ago, last year when we went, he was now standing on the ground on like they had now built. <laughs> <laughs> specifically to stand on
3: so he didn't fall
2: over but yes. I, I, was, I wasn't as, as concerned about the because i remember the herod stuff not being particularly graphic but i you know honestly for me when they see something and they're watching it, it's super realistic and then it goes a weird direction i mean it was only a few years earlier than this we had all those really bad hallmark bible movies and yeah i forgive anyone who enjoys those that's fine but like they, it was. It, they would. They go veer far off the mark. That you were like, okay, well, if someone's trying to take this seriously, I don't. This is not my. This is not how I want my children to see this. Because then we are going to go back to scripture again and point out why this is not.
0: Uh. Right. Right. I think we just so, lost enough, uh, whole- Bartles. Zach, is he gone?
3: What's up, <laughs> <laughs> You can't drop that easy. <laughs> oh, mic drop moment there, dude. He out yawned <laughs> the Dutch dog, man. That was
2: good. Listening <laughs> and assumed he was gone.
3: <laughs> I was waiting for the snorting sound to start or something, but I realized he dropped out to come back. I love it. It was like, dude, it's Advent. It's the arrival. <laughs>
0: Uh, Dudes,
3: I'll give a shout-out. I do, I think, probably every year, Nathan. I don't know why I'm a sucker for the 1984 BBC, George C. Scott, Christmas Carol. Yes, Uh, absolutely. absolutely. My favorite one.
1: Love it. You know what I love about that, and I think I might have even mentioned this last year, is thinking about the Ghost of Christmas Present going through that whole thing, and those two, like... Wafish kids under his coat, having to like kind of oh. shuffle along with him everywhere he I went until they're needed
2: exactly job
1: of the yeah yeah,
3: what do the names want Is it want to need or something and uh oh yeah, yeah, that's good that was uh we've talked about it too. That actor, was it Robert Woodward, was the equalizer in the 1980s. Yeah. Long, yeah. long before Denzel revived that uh, character. Uh, that's who played that, the equalizer. But uh, yeah, I remember watching that, dudes, I'll date myself. I was 14 years old, and I remember my mother getting really excited because she always loved The Christmas Carol um, and loved George C. Scott. And uh, I remember, I believe, watching that live when it aired in early December 1984. So, yeah, I probably attached to that for sentimental nostalgic reasons as well. But it holds up, man. I mean, that is a real... I mean, here you've got the American George C. Scott who plays Patton, uh, you know, <laughs> this iconic American general playing, um, you know, the British curmudgeon, Ebenezer Scrooge, and I think he he nails He, he nails it. the emotions.
2: It's the passion that he has both when he's the curmudgeon and then specifically when he has his redemptive moment like he's kind of oh, scary in that moment i know he's jumping I know. around like the look on his housekeeper's face and yes. uh, that particular one i like it that they give him that moment at the very end most of them end with him walking in the house and then they say you know and he was better than his word but that they give him the moment where he he acknowledges what's been done and he kind of even thanks marley you know there's that moment of him actually yes. like contemplating what has been done for him. And I think that just adds such another dimension to it that you don't I can't really think of it happening in most of the other scrooges because at that point the story's over.
3: And right. he's saved and you're good. Yeah, that's a good point. They do show that. Yeah, where he comes in and yeah, he, he sort of yeah, because he goes to uh he, he Fred's up. house, yeah. right? And and tells them, uh tells him he wishes he was different. And of course how he doubles Marley's salary or not Marley, uh Cratchit's salary
1: and uh, all that oh, stuff wait. also happens in the uh, Muppet one. <laughs> <laughs> good movie is <laughs> that I don't know why everyone's laughing at
3: <laughs> me. That was good. Well timed. The, the
2: Jack Palance Western one that I think that happens in. And the Chipmunk's yes. one, man.
3: <laughs> and the Billbury Scrooge one, yeah.
2: Yes. What do you guys think about this BBC one version that's about to come out on the nineteenth where they seem to really lean into the ghost story?
3: Oh, no. I've heard of it. No, I, I don't see- know much about it, dude. I, I, it's funny so, you say that. I think I I saw one thing about this. Tell, uh, enlighten us, dude, Mr. Phil so, Riddick. And I
2: don't I don't know that much about it because I've only really seen the trailers. But Guy Pearce plays Scrooge, Ooh. and uh, Andy Circus is. I can't tell. It looks like he's. I don't know if the. It, it's definitely a case where they are doing more of an adaptation than yeah. the the full blown story. You know. And so Andy Circus is one of the ghosts. I'm not sure if he's Marley. It, it, it look, he looks like a bit straggled version of the Ghost of Christmas Present, Ooh. but he seems to be pretty prominent in the story, so I'm not sure exactly how they're doing it. But they really – it does look like a dark British ghost story. Uh, it's from a wow. guy who made Pink Blinders, so it might be a gritty. Yeah. Might be a little but, I mean, earthy. Have so many different versions of it. I'm willing to give it a try. Uh, I think it's the 19th on, and it's going to be on FX. Uh, we, I don't think I have FX, but and also BBC One. It'll probably be available. You can probably get it on Amazon or something like that. But uh, they, it, it looks dark, but it looks interesting. And I'm always up for a new, a new version if they're going to capture
3: the essence of the story. I think that's the important part. But dude, I will only watch it if they deliver on my greatest hope that the ghost to Christmas present would be uh, Caesar the, the Ape. Um, that's it. It's the only way I'm watching it from Planet of the Apes because that's, that's who you're talking about, right? <laughs>
0: wah, yes. Wah, wah. Crickets.
3: <laughs> no, I mean yeah. it, man. I want it. That. that would be a great fusion if they somehow tied that in. Um, <laughs> then it will hold my interest. If not, I'm not watching it. Plus, I don't have a, uh, FX. I'm a Bible-believing Christian, guys. I don't watch things like that. Um,
0: <laughs> hey so, uh,
3: I mean, ha- you know, I watch Breaking Bad, The Sopranos. Uh, I watch Godly Things. So, but, yeah, <laughs> we'll move on from that one.
1: A Question. Have any of you guys seen a version of The Christmas Carol with Kelsey Grammer as Scrooge?
2: I do <laughs> think so. I think familiar. I have.
1: I'm pretty certain I have. I haven't, and I really want to. We've been binging Frasier, and I just happened to see like uh, somebody had posted a, a cover of the DVD, and said we're watching this tonight. And I'm like, ooh, I may want to see that. If Niles was the yeah. Ghost of Christmas Present, that'd be really good too. <laughs> <Anyone> <laughs> that binging? would be good. I that's are you sure yeah, that's dude, a now? real thing, dude?
3: Oh, yeah, or is it, this like a is. is this like a Sinbad played a genie kind of? thing? Ah.
2: <laughs> you know, it, it could I, be. It's a it was a Hallmark yeah. one. It's Christmas Carol the musical. Mandela, Alan Menken oh, did the music. Oh, okay. And, uh, his he's made up. He looks like he looks like Mr. Hyde in the picture I'm looking at, and his hat is about nine times too big for his. It looks, it looks like his old <laughs> clown posse under that hat. It's, but yeah, uh, it that doesn't mean it's bad. Have, did you guys ever see the, uh, I think it was called An American Christmas Carol, where, where Hen, Henry Winkler played Scrooge? I did see that. But yeah. it was only like five or six years after Happy Days.
3: Yes. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, it's hard to take the fun seriously as uh, Scrooge, that's for sure. Uh, um, it is an interesting
2: movie, though, it, because it is uh, it is one that leans away from it, and it takes place during the Depression era and whatnot. I mean, I, I think for the kind of movie, I think it was a TV movie, it's not bad. Yeah, but it is uh, the makeup is a little hard to take because you're like, okay, he's supposed to be 80 here
1: and he's like 22. Right, I feel like a, a movie where where Henry Winkler is the like villain at the beginning and then he's redeemed by learning to love Christmas would get the ADL on you pretty quick crickets <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it's anti-semitic never mind
2: that that's an element of the story actually but uh, really not, not the adl but the, uh, they, they... is jewishness yes i uh, we yes we, I, I picked it up
1: <laughs> yes. no, well, well, how you're, about, you're how saying that actually
2: um, is in the story and my memory of it is it's been a bit since I've seen it. I mean it's its not quite – I mean it's not handled sarcastically like we're dealing with it here. Uh-huh. And it's a little – because it moves away uh, – the ghosts and everything are handled in a different way. And again, it's been a little bit since I've seen it. But how about that uh, – well, a few years ago they made a, 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 a low-budget horror movie called Santa's Labor. Bill Goldberg, also Jewish, played – Santa Claus, uh, except in that one, he was revealed to be the son of Satan. And he, uh, I think he stuck Saul Rubinick to the wall with a uh, menorah.
1: Oh yeah. Executive producer, uh, executive producer, James King.
3: (laughs) 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 Director James King. Yes. The Reverend (laughs) director, James King, uh, like the Reverend doctor, the Reverend director. I, um, (laughs) I, I, I can ask, I can ask Bartleball this. The, the movie they keep promoting all the time That's getting so old I'm so bored with it Just by the promo Is Black Christmas And it's Yeah, it, that's a remake, right? Or a remake a of remake. a remake?
2: Well, it, yes uh, There was an original movie in the 70s A very, very creepy movie That was kind of the pre-slash You know, it was the next stepping stone Before you reached Halloween, you know In 78 yeah. And uh, yep. it's a very creepy movie If you enjoy those kinds of It was like almost a little bit of Agatha Christie, a little bit of a slasher movie. But uh, then they made a remake, which I didn't see, and now this is another remake. But th- the trailers seem weird because it seems like they're giving, like, I mean, it happens in a lot of movies, but it's a different plot than the old movie, but then they <laughs> give the entire plot away to the point where the killer seems to
3: amass themselves in the trailer.
2: I was like, this I is know. where we are now.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that. Like, uh, And then you can tell by the end of it, the, the sorority girls have banded together to fight back. So it, that's, yeah, they, don't give bother the whole plot. For this. we know you shouldn't pay for this. Just watch, watch right. this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think, Zach, you should counter, this uh, is Bartles, the woman in your church with a Kirk Cameron one with uh, taking the youth group to see Black Christmas, I think would be. Um, <laughs>
0: Put,
3: in Put in Krampus. Yeah, yeah and Krampus, I think it'd be Silent Night, uh, Deadly Night. I think you've got some other options. Uh, kids love musicals, the show them Anna and Apo- Anna and the Apocalypse. Yes, is.
2: exactly. Exactly. Flesh eating zombies. <laughs> that would and capture musical numbers more. and bright, catchy musical numbers. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, see how that goes
1: over, dude? Now someone wanted us to talk about all these uh like Christmas horror movies, but I think that you guys already did that before I got on board here.
3: I think, I think we did that a few years ago, but I highly doubt anybody's going through the archives and listening to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, well,
2: that episode was more on the Phantom Galaxy side. Things I don't think it was any – I think it was myself or someone else. I just put it up because literally every movie he mentioned we had talked about, and it was like, well, why I do it again? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: are, are there any Christmas uh, or darker Christmas movies that you like, Zach? I don't want say horror movies, but – because I think we did talk about that a few years back.
1: Well, I did like uh, a Christmas sleigh. Did you see that? It had Joe Carruthers in it, who is a guy who used to be a uh, a children's uh, performer. And uh, he sang this song about please, thank you all the time. And then he, he decided to get yeah. into. That's Ernest Saves Christmas. Yes! I knew that! <laughs> <you. laughs> Well done.
2: The minute you say Christmas yes. Slay, I was like, I see where he's going <laughs> I love that movie, though. Ernest, Ernest Saves Christmas is a great movie. It's Plastic. not a great movie. It's a great time.
3: It is. Yes.
2: It is. <laughs> and I like Ernest Scared Stupid. I mean, uh, once it started becoming like Ernest Goes to the Moon, Ernest Goes, you know, wherever. Sheol, yeah.
3: eventually, the, I the suppose. The
2: dollar bit of uh, Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Ernest Goes to Eleven. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I had to provide my own soundtrack yeah. <laughs> Right. You know, speaking of dark Christmas movies, I really like <laughs> Die Hard Two. <laughs> oh yeah, Die Harder. <laughs> yes. yeah, that, yeah.
2: Was that Die Harder?
1: Die Harder was the one in that the. Was, uh, that the was Die Harder, movie. and it was filmed I in Alpena, Michigan. Like right. Die hard. Oh, yeah. You know, i dying hard and is loving somebody, it and all that. Is somebody
0: like washing socks or something?
2: Is eating a <laughs> chocolate bar or something? That's
3: me,
0: dude, not eating a
3: chocolate <laughs> bar. But I am in the uh, church pantry uh, <laughs> getting myself a snack on uh, <laughs> my way here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm stealing – and I want to be very clear. I'm stealing from the Children's Ministry Fund and getting myself a bag of gold. Are you for not bridging right now? I That's hate- what's happening. <laughs> Am I what foraging? I am foraging, man. I got the munchies here, but um, yeah, I got the munchies big time. But that was me. I'm sorry about that, dudes. I thought I would be more discreet, <laughs> but I got too so excited. I got so Hold excited out. when I saw the bag of goldfish. <laughs> I just couldn't contain myself.
0: Uh.
1: All right, guys, I've got a, I've got a bounce. Uh, I look forward to finding out that this did not get recorded and. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Artaba and <laughs> Dutcher, I probably won't talk to you before Christmas, so I hope you guys have a super uh, Merry Christmas. You too, home slice. Have a great one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Peace I'll- out, Zach. <laughs> Take care.
2: Merry Christmas.
0: Oh man. <clears throat> All right, guys. So uh,
3: Gene, that was that was fun. That was fun. Um before we uh, I, uh
0: before we kick off here, um, I did want to touch on uh, Christmas sermons. Greg wanted to talk to you about uh, what you're doing this year, uh, mainly because I haven't actually been to one of the services uh, that you've done so far because uh, Joy and I have been away. So uh, what have you been talking about at Christmas this time?
3: We've been talking about um, Black Christmas, uh, <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night, really trying to really try die to set die stage. Right, Die Harder, set the stage for the need of Christmas. Now, granted, our church has diminished to two people. Uh, <laughs> that would be me and my son, Isaac. But I really think we've set up the hope so well. Um, I dare get that. No, um, Actually, uh, we had my uh, buddy, Matt Smith, who's been on this podcast and is a staff member at our church now. As you uh, uh, well, know, uh, well know, Nathan, we... He had a great brainchild for this uh, service. I'm sure other churches have done this. We have taken Isaiah 9, 6, uh, you know, the four exalted titles of the coming Messiah. Unto us a child is born, a son is given. Uh, So the first week, uh, I did Wonderful Counselor. Second week, Matt did The Mighty God. Mm -hmm. This week, I'll do Everlasting Father. The following week, Matt will do um, uh, Prince of Peace. And then for uh, Christmas Eve, I'm going to stay in Isaiah, um, and I'm going to kind of talk about those titles. Christmas Eve, uh, actually just going to call it based on verse 18 of chapter 1, though your sins be as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of just the promise of why Jesus came, you know, we try to keep it very, very Focused on the guest, the outsider on Christmas Eve, especially Unashamedly, because it's a special service. We know it's one of the few times um, unchurched folks will darken the door. So uh, it's been good. It's been really good. The, the, the week before the series started, I did cover those first five verses. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was some context going into to verse six. Um, and I called that message, Long Lay the World. Uh, and, you know, it's a bleak description of Israel in need and desperate and broken and crushed. And, uh, yeah, I just sort of use that as I think it's intended as a picture of, of the people. And therefore it's universal and axiomatic of that. You know, the world was a mess and only a God man could fix it. Yeah. Um, and then that, so that's, I'm liking it. It's very tight, you know, very clear folk and it's kind of neat. I've never had an opportunity really to, focus in on each title so you know just take your time with it unpack it a little bit i've really enjoyed it so far
0: nice nice nathan let me ask you what are um what are some christmas series that you uh, remember being a part of that have just kind of stuck with you over the years
2: christmas series
0: yeah you know different churches do, do the churches that you've been involved in have they ever taking a break around Christmas time to do, you know, a Christmas series. Um, Have there been any that have particularly stuck with you particularly over the years?
2: The the black Christmas one that Greg was talking about, definitely, uh, (laughs) you know. Uh, But, (laughs) uh, you know, and and Greg, what you were just saying uh, is is good because what I find, and I think over the years, it always – and I'm sure it's a a struggle to find something different – but I feel like a lot of the churches, we have, they would just kind of do the same thing, you know, which would always be – they kind of go through everything leading up to Christmas, and they would give the context. And, you know, most of the churches would have some sort of nativity-related event or pageant or – you know. And so I, I'm, I'm always interested when someone tries to take a different approach to it. But you know, to, to come to think of it, it's hard to remember when it would stand out, and not that these aren't good, but – a lot of times it would be the same verses, the same scriptures, and sort of looking at it from the same perspective. Uh, And so I was actually very engaged with what you're saying there, Greg. It's like the the approach to it, I think that sometimes we want to make sure that we are, you know, we're absolutely capturing all of it to the point where it can become sort of repetitious. But I think that in the repetition, sometimes people can lose sight of it. So if you could find not a new way, but just a way to really, you know, through the inspiration of the, you know, the spirit to, to, give, to give a different perspective, um, that's always intriguing. And I, I honestly, I can't really think of one that stands out to me, mostly because I think it's the kind of tried and true. Uh, we're going to go through the Christmas story. We're going to lay some backgrounds. The weeks leading up are all about these promises that will be fulfilled, but the, the context usually ends there.
3: Mm. Right, right. I think it's a good point. Uh, I've done some series in the past, and I would say the, the ones that are the least memorable are where you really try to get the creative angle because you know, you're trying to breathe some fresh life or new perspective. And uh, I think sometimes just doing the familiar really well, clearly, in depth, um, can really serve people uh, and, and at least stick with them better. You know, it, it's sort of on par that. You know, they say if you look at any great preacher sermons, like a Spurgeon or, or somebody, usually the ones that are remembered and referenced were not the ones that addressed timely occasions, you know? Mm-hmm. So right. preached yeah. a few, and, and, and not that that's bad, because I think those people at that time were probably served by that in that moment, right? right? But in the passage of time, they're not as we can't access them as easily. Uh, it, it, you know, it, we can try to find a similar life circumstance to connect it to, but it's not the same. It's the timeless ones that can stand for generations. And I tend to think at Christmas, that's an important um, uh, point that can be lost. There are times I've gone through a series, of i like, yeah, that was creative, that was clever. I did one on nostalgia a few years ago that wasn't terrible, but I, I'm really enjoying this, Uh, just taking in these, you know, just the titles of Jesus and the anticipation of the Messiah coming who's going to be this person and do these things for us. Um, I think really, um, you know, I I mean, I'm enjoying it. Part of it is my own preparation, but Matt Smith is preaching two of those four sermons. So I've gotten to hear, you know, the one he did last week, and it was fantastic. Uh, And by the way, all four of my kids said it was better than the one I did the week before, which uh, they're always quick to tell me. Uh, (laughs) So uh, Matt won't be what I like to call preaching any more sermons. Um, <laughs> so uh, is, that, is that wrong, guys? That's, that's wrong? Uh, so. it all depends
2: on a certain point of view. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
3: exactly.
2: Um,
3: I told the guys, look, guys, I preach, of course, for God's glory, the edification of the saints, and uh, also for my own self-aggrandizement. Uh, so I um, <laughs> trying to make sure so that three they, out of four aren't bad, right? <laughs> 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 <That's> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Yes. Yes. Fair. Nice. But nice. I um, no, I mean I I like just to take the the you know story like that. I mean honestly, we've talked about this before. There's only so much data, right? There's so much material you've got. I mean, basically, you've got some Old Testament stuff that's all predictive and foreshadowing. Not mm-hmm. much. You could do something in Genesis 3 and the kind of first announcement of the gospel. You've got, of course, the two Isaiah 1, 7, and, and 9. Mm-hmm. Uh, virgin will be with child and the exalted names that I'm doing now. Uh, I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever done a series on, like, I mean, Micah 5-2 out of Bethlehem. You know, he'll, he'll come. Mm-hmm. Um, could probably do a little bit in Daniel, maybe. Uh, And then you've got, you know, nothing in Mark at all. Mm -hmm. You've got two chapters in Matthew, two chapters in Luke, and a very involved theological kind of high-level esoteric uh, telling of the word becoming flesh in John 1. Yeah. Um, I did hear, it might have been Alistair Begg a few years ago, I I think. I'm not 100% certain. I'm about 80% certain that I think it was Begg that took statements in Jesus, you know, adult ministry, where he said the Son of Man came into the world for this, and I never thought about that. I thought, oh, that was a, a I think, an appropriate angle. You know, he said he's really giving a Christmas yeah. perspective here. Yeah. You know, when the Son of Man comes into the world to do something, you're you're talking about Christmas, and I thought that was a good approach where you could take some texts that normally don't get examined this time of year and and ring some yeah. great truth and out. I think that's I think
2: that's my point is remembering that like. I think the problem is when you try to sort of make it holiday centric. It's the memory that, in a sense, we're always preaching Christmas. You know, exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. So when someone looks at it from that perspective, they're really understanding that the, all of the Bible is still, uh, you know, available at Christmas time, and being able to work all of that in. And I and, and because all of it sort of fits together, doesn't sort of because it all fits together and all forms this redemptive narrative, then when someone is able to look outside of that forward and backward. And I think sometimes we are hesitant in a Christmas message to look forward, although we obviously have to, you know, to get the full brunt of it, you know, because we're here on the other side of it. That yeah. um, you know, everyone wants to think about the baby, you know, and uh but everything else that the baby eventually becomes and does is is still relevant. So I, you know, I just seeing Seeing someone examine those pieces, not that that needs to be like a special. Sometimes people try to be too clever and have holiday messages that relate to social things or something like that. And, you know, not that that can't be good, but I agree with you that there's that what is the perceived simplicity of scripture, which I don't think is simplicity, but this idea that, you know, a lot of times the less I bring to it and the more I rely upon what's already there, the better it is. Yes.
3: Well said. Well said. Yeah. Well said. And honestly, the point, obviously, I think we've made this you know, in the past, right. Christmas can't be preached in a vacuum or you, you have an intriguing birth, um, but you're not really sure what to do with it. You know, so you, you tie it to, you know, his life, obviously his death, uh, mm-hmm. for which he came, his resurrection, uh, his ascension, you know, uh, even, even his return when, you know, the first is, uh, is a preview, right? You know, what, what he does in microcosm, he's, he's going to bring in, into the macro, um, you know which joy to the world really captures. Um, so yeah, absolutely, dudes. On that note, I'm looking at the time, and I got to bounce. All right, man. We ended on 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 a good note. I didn't realize it is 7:47 Eastern time. I am going to be yelled at by five other people if I'm not back <laughs> yet, um, on my uh, on my recliner by eight o'clock at game time.
0: Um, Alrighty. Well, gentlemen, but dudes
3: loved loved hanging. And Mr. Bell, you and I are going to get together after this podcast, of course. Yes. Um, Nathan Barnabal, I look forward to seeing you in the in, uh, near future, and I'll respond to some of those texts. Yeah, if you're if you're <laughs> getting them, I'm not
2: certain that yeah. you are. Yeah, send <laughs> send me a test, dude. Send me a we test. We need to we need to talk about the the that Doctor Sleep though, because I I really. Uh, I really, really thought they did a good job with it, and I was...
3: I it. did, too, man. I'm, I'm, I'm game. Just shoot me a text, and I will tell you that I got it, first of all. And then yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, are, are, yeah. Are we closed out yet, Nathan?
0: Uh, nope. We're about to get there. So, uh, gentlemen, it has been great. Don't forget, people, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, any medium that you listen to us on. It helps us get us higher on the charts. Drop us a like. And uh, that, gentlemen... Merry Christmas. We just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11.